This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Hey, I've got a question for you. What's your relationship with music like? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it perhaps a little bit of both? Well, on today's episode, I'm going to get a little bit vulnerable with you, share a little bit of my personal life experience with music, my journey with music, and how oftentimes in this journey of playing music and exploring it and getting better, it was quite an abusive and unhealthy relationship. And this past of mine with a bad relationship with music has greatly informed how I approach teaching jazz and the way I help my inner circle members and beyond so that they don't have the same relationship with music for themselves. All right. So this is going to be an important one. So definitely tune on in and let's jump right into it. Right, everybody, what's up? Brent here. I am a jazz coach, professional jazz musician. I am the director of Learn Jazz Standards, and I am here to help you learn how to play jazz all while shortening the learning curve, no matter what instrument you play. And I'm so excited that you're here today because that means you're someone who wants to improve your relationship with music, become a better jazz musician, have more fun than you've ever had in your entire life playing music. Isn't that the reason why we all do this in the first place? Isn't that the reason why you're an aficionado, right? Why you actually go out and you listen to a jazz podcast? It's because ultimately you want to have more fun playing music. So I'd love to share with you my story today. Again, open up a little bit, give you a little bit of, I guess be a little bit vulnerable with you today and share my story about how I've very often in the past had a bad relationship with music. And that might sound very shocking for some to hear because, you know, this is my life, this is my career, I teach other people how to play music, but my intention of sharing this with you is to help you avoid some of these mindsets and mistakes that I made in the past when I was especially really trying to improve and get better as a musician, because ultimately, one of the biggest reasons why I do what, we, what I do, you know, we all have our whys for what we do in our life and our career, but one of the biggest reasons why I do learn jazz standards and I serve our inner circle members and I do this podcast is because I want everyone who wants to play jazz and who wants to play music to rather than building a relationship built on being unsatisfied, being upset with their playing, um, 
feeling a constant state of distress or fear around playing with other musicians. Like instead of having all those feelings, I want to show how it's possible to learn how to play music and actually start playing it at a high level without all of that extra baggage that so many of us carry around with us, right? And so that's why I'm sharing this story with you today and giving you a little bit of my background with this. So let's start way far at the beginning, right? Uh, and again, some of this is me going to be psychoanalyzing myself. Um, others of it, I've had actually professional help with understanding some of this uh, in the past. So going way back, growing up as a kid, I did not grow up in a very musical family. Not that you know we didn't listen to music at all, but you know, no one really played an instrument um, there wasn't a big variety of music. We definitely weren't listening to jazz in the household, okay? And a lot of my siblings, I come from a family of seven. There was five, five kids in the family, me being the second oldest. And a lot of my siblings uh, were very great academically, right? Like very, you know, smart, um, you know, good in school. And it's not that I was horrible in school. It's just that that wasn't really my forte. It was pretty clear early on that I was a creative mind, right? That I was good at writing stories. That's what I did well at uh, in in school. I was I was good at uh, imagining things and building things and ultimately discovered that, hey, I actually really enjoyed music, right? And my dad is a very uh, a very educated man. <laughs> he's a PhD in in chem in chemistry, right? And he's a chem he was growing up anyways his he was a chemical engineer, that was what he did. And so, you know, I feel like a lot of those genes uh, my, my my siblings had, right? So, I say all that not to bore you, but to simply tell you that like I had a different role in my family. And that identity that I started latching onto was that of a creative type. Someone in the family who, what my thing that I was good at was creativity. And ultimately, that led me to music, right? And so naturally, when, when someone feels that way, when someone has a role that they're creating in uh, a family unit or, or whatever it happens to be, you start really latching onto the identity, Right. And so what naturally happens as well with that is your self-worth starts becoming you know, more attached than, than it should be, of course, to that identity. So in other words, how good I am at music means a lot, right? And so I really developed that at an early age and started carrying that with me even into my adulthood, right? Now... Of course, there's always like pros and cons to these sort of things. Like you latch onto this identity and you grow a passion for something like music. It means that you pursue it really hard, that you take it very seriously, and therefore you improve. And that's exactly what I did. I practiced a lot. I was in the practice room a lot, and I took it very seriously, and I cared a lot about it. But at the very same time, there was always this comparison game going on to my peers. And raise your hand for a second if you can relate to that, right? If you, when you play music and you're trying to play jazz solos and all that, you are constantly comparing yourself with somebody else that you know who can play better than you, right? So it's, again, this idea of self-identity being tied into how well do I play music and that competitive mindset that can creep in very easily. And so this really 
began for me while I was in high school, right? And I was in high school band and I was doing all these things. And oftentimes I was one of the better players, but then sometimes I wasn't. And there was another musician who, who was better than me. And that's where that self-doubt or that intention of why I play music starts to shift, right? So instead of playing music for the reason I got into it, right? You start developing this attitude of I'm playing music so I can get better. And if I'm not as good as I want to be, I'm unsatisfied. And when you're in this state of feeling unsatisfied, ultimately you're in a state of distress constantly. And when it comes to improving with music, or of course you'll recognize this as being true about improving on anything in life, there has to be a bit of a balancing act of feeling a little bit unsatisfied so that it propels you to actually take action and improve, right? You have to have some sort of desire to improve. And so naturally, one of those emotions that you're going to feel to drive you to that point is, is feeling a little bit unsatisfied with where you're at, right? However, in the extreme, right, if you're constantly just unhappy with where you're at, you start to lose the joy of what you're actually doing. And the purpose of which you are playing music, right, changes. The purpose becomes now to become the best musician or to become better than you are now or to try to reach the point where you sound just as good as fill in the blank, right? And while on the face of that, there's nothing 100% wrong with that, when that becomes your entire identity, when that becomes why you play music, a lot of other unintended consequences start to roll out. So what did that look like for me, right? So then we fast forward a little bit. We go to college, right? And so, you know, naturally in, in my social circles, at the end of high school, a lot of my friends were going off to college, right? And so, and also I mentioned my dad's an educated person. So in our family, that'd be a very normal thing to do is to go to college, right? And so that's, of course, what my plan was. Um, and I wanted to go to music school, but I also discovered at the end of high school that I really wanted to play jazz like that. I gained this huge passion for jazz and jazz really opened up this even bigger Pandora's box of like, feeling like I needed to improve quickly, right? Because when I discovered jazz, I, I was into like very virtuosic styles before, like I was in a, a prog rock band and, and I, so I was into that stuff and improv and stuff. But jazz was like, whoa, you it's, it's virtuosic. Like if you listen to the best jazz musicians, like they're really good. Like you very much so start feeling the gap from where you are now to where you want to be. And so raise your hand really quick if you've ever felt like that or if you feel like that right now. And I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, if I were to have all of you listen to this podcast in a stadium right now, I would see like a large, a large amount of you raising your hand that this is, this is something that you felt before with jazz. It just seems a little bit overwhelming and intimidating. And to, to add on top of that, you know, when I started getting into jazz, I was actually surrounded by a small community of others who were diehards and, and some of the best musicians of my age in the city that I grew up in, right? And so actually I was starting to go into a pool of musicians that were much better than me. And so you sense that gap a lot more. And again, that identity of, oh, I, I'm a musician and I play music well, 
you need to feed that monster, right? And so that keeps going forward. So I'm going to go to college, right? But I want to go to college for jazz. And I didn't get quite the scholarships that I wanted to go to some of these schools that had good jazz programs. Um, I start, I got into all of them, but I didn't really have all the money that I wanted to. And so right there, that was immediately a relationship I was starting with jazz and starting with music that was unhealthy because suddenly I felt like already before I had even started, I had failed at being good enough to accomplish what I wanted to in the music. I mean, and let's put aside the fact that you really don't need to go to college to become a great musician or, you know, of course I was trying to be a professional musician and most of you listen to this podcast. That's not the goal. It's, you just want to play it better as the thing you do for fun. But you know, already that's starting to set up an even, an even worse relationship than was already being developed there, right? A, A worse mindset with music than, than would be ideal. And so I did stay back for from a year. Many who listen to this podcast will recognize this story. I stayed back a year between high school and college, and I worked with the teacher, and I did some very extreme uh, practicing, which was all really great, really jump-started me. I got some scholarships going into college the next year, but essentially I learned 100 jazz standards in one year. I learned 32 bars of a solo every single week. I played gigs every single week. It was great in a lot of ways, but at the same time as I was doing that, the goal was I need to get good enough fast, right? Good enough fast so that I can get scholarships I need to go to college, the colleges I want to go to, so that I can, again, keep feeding this desire, this need to be the best musician around, right? And so the amount of practicing I was doing like five and and up to like eight hours of practicing a day, right? That's a lot of practicing was great as far as like getting good at music fast, right? But it was also this thing where even more so my identity started becoming even more about being a musician. Because while I was seeing other friends go off to college, while I was, you know, seeing everybody else do something different with their life. I was here trying to become good enough of a musician to start accomplishing some of my goals, right? And I know that this story isn't going to be what it is for a majority of you. But again, what I want you to keep doing is is listening in for some of these mindsets and beliefs that I had that perhaps you have right now, right? Perhaps your goal and most likely your goal is not to go to college for music or to become a professional musician. But many of you can relate to this idea of feeling this identity around being a good musician. Like you're that guy who plays the saxophone, right? Your friends know that you play the saxophone. Um, You joined your local big band or the local jam session, and now you feel inferior, right? These are feelings that start to creep in around music. And it comes in there because we care about it a lot, right? And because the desire to sound great, to have that thrill of sounding that great becomes so high, right? So we continue on into college, right? For me, I go to college and 
a very interesting thing that someone told me. Um, it was a senior at the college I was at. And I asked if I could have a little jam with him. He was another guitar player. We sat down. This is like within the first couple of weeks of, of me going to college. We sat down for a jam together. And he told me like right after we were done playing a couple songs, he's like, hey, Brent, I want to let you know, like your body language is really tense when you're playing your instrument, like your shoulders are shrugged up. And I can kind of tell that the, that that tense playing, the way you're approaching your instrument is bleeding into the way you're playing, right? And so what he was seeing is he was seeing that there was stress and anxiety in my body language when I was trying to play my instrument, right? And why was there stress and anxiety? I was playing with uh, a good guitar player, um, in, in a city that I, that, that was much bigger than the city I grew up in. Uh, and so my mindset wasn't around, Hey, let's get together and learn something from playing with this guy, or let's do this or that. My mindset was like, I need to play better than I am playing right now, or that they have the ability to play right now. Cause I need to play really good for this guy. I want to impress this person. I want to be better than I am right now. And so what happens naturally, if that's the way you're thinking about music and playing, you're going to tense your body up, right? Because your body's reacting to stress. I'm approaching playing music out of stress. Stress, And so raise your hand right now if that's how you've ever approached taking a solo or an improvisation or going out and playing at a jam, right? It starts with a feeling of stress versus a feeling of relaxation. And I'll never forget, um, this was a couple years later in college at a different school, there was this bass player um, who, you know, wasn't um the best bass player he wasn't a horrible bass player just that you know he he was missing a few things right and but one thing he did love is he loved going to the practice rooms and anytime i went up to the practice rooms this guy was there with his headphones on playing his bass and uh one time i went up to him and i said uh hero you're just you're playing you're practicing all the time um What's up with that, right? Because like, even though I practiced a lot too, like this guy was always practicing, and he was like, "Yeah, I just find it relaxing, right? I just find it relaxing to come up here and play my bass." And that was that was a real realization for me, you know, that the way that this particular person was approaching music was the opposite of the way that I approached the music. I approached the music from this state of very seriousness, like. We need to improve all the time. We need to get better at music all the time. Almost like this do or die mentality. And of course, you know, the, maybe I'm also just kind of wired that way, bit of a high achiever. But this guy was approaching music from relaxation, right? From being relaxed, from enjoying himself. And another college story is we were doing this exercise in a class where we were going and playing quote unquote free. So whatever we wanted to play, no chord progressions, no songs we were playing over. And so one by one, we would go up and play free by ourselves in front of the class. And this particular time I, I did my little free performance. And one of my um, classmates said, Brent, I've never heard you play and sound so relaxed before. So Somehow, while I was playing, playing free in front of the class there, I was able to channel this feeling that I don't normally approach music with. I usually approach music with, am I playing the right notes? Am I playing the way 
so-and-so would play, who I've been studying with. Am I doing this? Am I doing that? Right? Instead of just going like, let's play and see what happens. And so at that moment, I was able to challenge that. Let's, let's just play and see what happens and forget about everything else. And so someone noticed that. And that always stuck with me as well. Like, oh, wait a second. Perhaps the way that I approach playing music and improving at music isn't the most ideal way to do it or isn't the best way to do it for the long term or isn't the way that is actually producing the most joy for me. Now, of course, I did an episode um, a while back about performance anxiety. I talked about my personal story with overcoming performance performance anxiety, and I gave a bunch of tips around that. But I also shared a little bit of this kind of story that I'm sharing with you today. And of course, when you approach music with this mindset, these unhealthy mindsets that I'm talking to you about today, performance anxiety is much more likely to happen, right? Because you're automatically going to compare yourself with the other people in the room. You're going to worry more about what you sound like And you're even going to be afraid to listen back to what you sound like. Raise your hand really quickly if you've ever felt like that before, right? Ooh, I just recorded myself. I'm scared to listen back. So we have to ask ourselves, why are we scared to listen back? What are we so afraid of hearing? We're afraid that the truth will come out. That the things that we've been telling ourselves like, you know what, I am too old to play, to, to learn how to play music, or I started too late, or, oh, sure, it could be I'm too young, right? I'm too young. It could be I'm just not talented enough, right? That, that when we listen back to the recording, that is going to become evident, and we're going to have to face the reality. At least that's the way we perceive it, right? So again, this is, this is a story, a narrative of my bad relationship with music. Um, do I still have the same relationship with music today? No, I do not have the same relationship with music today, okay? It is different. Um, it doesn't mean that I still don't sometimes have a bad relationship with music. It doesn't mean that there aren't times where I still experience some of the feelings that I'm referring to you today, but it is drastically different than it is today because I've created a relationship with music that isn't based around my self-worth being around it, not based around me needing to be the best player in the room or me needing to be at a level of musicianship that I'm not already at, right? I've developed that over time. And so that's the relationship I want you to have with music, And so what does a healthy relationship with music look like? So for me, a healthy relationship looks like this. And it doesn't matter if what your aspirations for music or for playing jazz are. But to me, it looks like I'm relaxed, I'm having fun, and I'm playing because I enjoy it, right? Not I'm playing it because I need to get to a different level. I'm playing because I enjoy it. And I enjoy the journey and the process of getting to the next level, right? That's a really big difference, right? It's a really big difference. Also, a healthy relationship with music is not a judgment of how you sound now. It's more of an objective viewpoint of like, this is what I sound like now. And here is an opportunity to improve from here. So instead of going and playing at a jam session and hearing someone better than you, 
the opportunity there is to recognize that I'm learning from playing with this person or I'm gaining some knowledge or even if I'm offered a, a bit of critique, I've now just been given a gift of understanding how I can improve faster, right? So th- this is more the relationship of, of music that we want to to embrace. A healthy relationship with music looks like one that is sustainable for you. Um, raise your hand if you've ever felt like I don't have enough time to practice, right? And that's demotivating for you. And then sometimes you even just resort to not practicing at all because of that belief. I'm, I know that a lot of you can raise your hand on that and, and, and will have felt that way. I certainly used to feel that way, right? Well, one of the big things we teach in our inner circle membership is that you don't need to practice for a lot of hours in order to make a lot of progress with jazz, in order to make progress in your musicianship. We can make lots of progress even with just a little bit of time. A couple episodes ago, I talked about the 1% mindset for improving as a jazz musician, right? And that 1% mindset was simply, what if we just improved by 1% every practice session? What would that look like? And sometimes that's not going to look like practicing for five hours. In fact, most of the time, that's not going to look like practicing for five hours, It's going to look like intentional practicing for 30 minutes, right? Or practicing something that gives you a lot of joy and therefore is sticking with you a lot better than practicing something that doesn't give you joy, right? So what I want to ask you to do is to create a a mindfulness around how you're feeling when you're playing music. And be mindful of that because I feel like that's where it all starts is, hey, am I having negative emotions while I'm playing music? Am I having a negative reaction to listening back to a recording of myself? And that's totally okay to be in that position right now because the good news is the fact that you're aware of it means that you can start doing something about it, right? That you can start being like, oh, well, I don't need to feel bad about this or, hey, what is the positive outcome that I'm receiving right now? I had someone recently um, mention in our Inner Circle membership that he was struggling with this particular concept that was coming up in a lesson, right? And he was kind of getting a little bit hung up on it, right? That he didn't understand it completely. And I helped him reframe the mindset a little bit by saying, well, what you've gained here is that little bit more of understanding and the your very first encounter with this particular music theory topic, which will very much so come up time and time again in all the new jazz standards that you're going to learn with us and all the other lessons that are coming up with us. So what you've now done is you've raised your awareness of what this is. You've gained a very basic understanding what it is, and you've made some attempts to actually play that. And the idea is that today you're not going to master this topic, but over time you will become proficient in it. It will happen. And so these are the mindsets that we want to start developing. Not the, I don't understand everything. Things are looking hard. I can't do this right now. Therefore, let's stop. Or therefore, I don't have enough time to practice or fill in the blank. Or I'm not talented enough. Fill in the blank, right? We want to develop this 
1% improvement mindset over time. Much more healthy mindset than I'm not good enough right now. I should have been better yesterday. I'm not as good as so-and-so. My whole identity is attached around being a better musician. Like All of these are not good relationships with music that we need to be actively combating. And why should you actively combat them, right? Because I firmly believe that if we do not improve our relationship with music, we will not improve at music and at jazz the way we want to over time. We will not improve because the secret to improving as a musician and getting to a high level of playing is long-term motivation. And if our motivation gets crushed by limiting beliefs, our motivation gets crushed by a bad relationship with music, we will quit, we will stop, we will keep practicing the same things over and over again and expecting different results, and we will not get to where we want to go. And it becomes this vicious cycle, right? So we need to work on improving our relationship with music. I feel very happy today that I've made a lot of improvements with my relationship with music. And that's what I want for you. That's one of the biggest reasons I do what I do in our inner circle membership, because I really want people to love and enjoy playing music more than they ever have in their entire life, right? I don't want people to play music feeling negative emotions about what they're doing and ultimately just like losing the whole reason why they got into music in the first place. I want music to be fun. I want music to be achievable. I want music to be something that really enhances your life, not takes away from it. So my call to action for you this week is what is your relationship with music? Just establish what it is today, right now. And then the likelihood is there is some portion of your relationship with music that does have some negative qualities. And so what's one thing that you can do to start shifting that into a different direction? All right, my friends. So that's all for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I do appreciate you. If you do need help with your jazz playing, want to continuously improve month after month, then do check out our LJS Inner Circle membership. Um, that's where we learn one new jazz standard a month. We have courses on pretty much everything you need to improve as a jazz musician. And we have a lot of fun with uh, a community of of many like-minded musicians playing all sorts of instruments. It's a really good time in there. So check it out, ljsinnercircle.com is where you can do that or uh, find the link in the description of the show. And uh, we'll link right that out to you and uh, hope to see you in there. All right, we're gonna be coming out with another great episode of the podcast coming up next week. Until then, happy practicing and cheers. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.